The message today is the ninth in a series concerning the fruit of the Spirit. 1 Peter 3, chapter 3, verse 2 and 4. And I have to find my mic. I've lost it. It says, let it not be the outward adorning, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Imagine Peter of all people talking about an ornament of meekness and quietness. Peter the rude, boisterous, even tried to correct Jesus, saying we need to have the ornament of meekness and a quiet spirit. That just boggles my mind. And Jesus said to him, Peter, when thou art, I've prayed for you, and when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. You know, what he was saying to Peter was, you, you haven't made it yet, Peter. Imagine Peter saw the miracles. He touched Jesus. He saw the multitudes fed. He saw the dead raised. And Jesus said to him, Peter, I pray for you and when you're converted. Well, somewhere along the line, he came into such a conversion. And it was through the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. And when he fully understood, he could sit down and write this epistle of Peter and say, it's not about your outward exterior. I was tough and bold and boisterous not about that. It's about the inward man, the hidden man, the ornament of meekness. Now, I know that ladies understand that because we like ornaments. You know, our life is to be decorated with an ornament of meekness and quietness. And uh, sometimes it's most difficult. The powerful thought here is that maybe even though we confess to be born-again Christians, we might need to convert our ways to a more Christ-like way. And guess what? God will give us every opportunity on a daily basis to convert from our fleshly ways to his precious spiritual ways and to... uh, to exemplify the fruit of his spirit within us. The ornament of meekness. Well, that's described as gentle. It's described as something that endures uh, injury with patience. Sometimes we endure injury, but not with patience. And also without resentment. You know, think about that. You know, we we ask the people to forgive us, 
when we enter into those things. And yet there's sometimes a resentment in our heart. You know, we just, well, they, they did this to me. And we kind of remember that. And this is a strong statement that Webster gives us that meekness is gentleness. And meekness endures harm. It endures and it's patient and it doesn't have resentment. But there are still more powerful explanations in Scripture. And you'll be interested to know that one of the most powerful men in Scripture was considered to be the most meek man on earth next to Jesus. And I thought that was awesome. In Numbers 12:3, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And yet we see Moses speaking to Pharaoh, telling Pharaoh to let his people go. We see him telling Pharaoh, if you don't let them go, the plagues are going to come upon you. We see him standing strong in obedience to God when the multitudes that was following him was disobedient. He said, God, if you don't do something with these people. And God said, well, I'll wipe them off the face of the earth. And Moses was meek and he uh, endured the injury of his people being disobedient. And he said, Father, just take me out of your book rather than to do that to the people. You know, we see Moses strong and powerful, and yet he was the most meekest man in all the earth. I think that is so revelatory this morning as we look at the passage of Scripture. Meekness, I think we've already talked about that today, is power under control. It means that when something comes at you, you don't get angry quickly. It means that you are not easily provoked. How many know it's so easy to be provoked? I've been studying this message this week, and that's all I have been is provoked. Well, confession is good for the soul, church. You know, the simplest things provoke us. You notice that we're living in a time in our society when we're easily annoyed. You can be in the marketplace and you hear parents, you know, fussing with their children. And it's, this is an important message today because meekness is not easily provoked. And it doesn't provoke others. You know, sometimes we know that what we do provokes somebody, and we might do it anyhow, and then we smile and we say, I was ornery. You know what I'm saying? But the Word of God is teaching us that we have to have the ornament, the decoration of the presence of His fruit, and not just meekness, but love and joy and peace and long-suffering, faith. Gentleness, goodness, we are to be decked out in these ornaments of the power of God that he has given to us. It is in us, church. If you say to me, uh, can you handle that? I would say I'm easily provoked. You know, it's the day in which we live. But God is speaking to us on a large scale, the church. 
to come forth in an awakening of the power of his presence that lives in us. It's there. It has only to be awakened. It is only to be brought forth. It is only to be embraced. It's only to say to ourselves, you know, that it's been going on through the world. What did Jesus do? You know, well, we don't need to say what did he do. We need to do what he did. You know, and we need to practice the fruit of his spirit that is within us. It meekness is not easily excited. Meekness is not quick to be angry. Meekness is not easily annoyed or vexed or irritated. Does the church hear me? You notice maybe you just come home from work and you say hi and and there's an agitation in the response of the individual you're speaking to. Or you try to correct your children and there is uh, your children nags you, you know, they keep pulling on you and finally there's an annoyance or probably great children. Scripture has a lot to say about the fruit of meekness and controlling our fleshly desires and our attitudes. We are admonished in Zechariah and Zephaniah, the second chapter in the third verse, it says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. You know, every one of these fruits, God speaks a little differently about them. And here he says to seek this, pursue this, run after it, hope for it, desire it. And in this passage of scripture that I read at the beginning, it's, it's, it's an awesome passage. It says, uh, it is an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. How many know Jesus paid a great price for us? Can we do any less? Because it is a great price to remain calm and unirritated in a situation that is annoying you. And you will understand this, that it's simple things, church. You know, it isn't some horrible thing. It's just some simple thing like at the bank. They nag you for your your life, your... Um, ID, you know, when you've been there for 20 years. Well, I won't tell on myself, but (laughs) meekness is something that God wants us to pursue. And he wants us to be able to to endure those little idiosyncrasies and, and walk in the power of his presence and the fruit of the spirit that he's put within us, you know. That, that passage of scripture in Galatians, it says that we are to be like Christ. He was crucified in the flesh, his lusts and affections of the flesh in Christ. Because how many know he came through the womb of Mary and he was touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And don't you think that he sometimes was annoyed with all of the things that went on. That he told them time and time again, I'm going to go away. This is going to happen. And when he went away. He found them hid and frightened, and they never comprehended what he said to them. But you know what? He wasn't angry. He came to them 
He touched them. He said, look, feel, see my scars. And he said, you're blessed because, especially Thomas, because Thomas is the one that didn't believe at all. And he showed Thomas. He helped him to believe. How many know that sometimes we, we, we test our belief and all we have to do is go to him and he will encourage our belief and he will touch us with his presence. Meekness, the lack of meekness is something that excites our flesh, angers us, irritates us, annoys us, vexes us. But the ornament of meekness is to display external beauty. I know I wasn't too beautiful. You know, you can see it in body language. You can see it in reaction. You can see it in responses. But God is looking for his people not just to be decorated beautifully. He's looking for us to be decorated with the power of his presence and the fruit of his spirit. And and to have the ornament of meekness that even in the midst of crisis, we can have an external beauty. The countenance of Christ. Peter learned meekness. It didn't come easy for Peter. Every time Peter opened his mouth, Jesus had to correct him. It didn't come easy for him. But you know, after he met the resurrected Lord, he was changed. And church, we have the resurrected Lord. So we need this change and we need this conversion and we need this transformation. Like uh, the brother that wrote me the letter, he said, I am transformed by the word of God. And, you know, saints, we have the word of God every week. We meet, we talk, we have the word. We need a transformation to come to the church of Jesus Christ at large. It needs to be transformed. You know, God is talking to us about the hidden man of the heart, that it should be an ornament of meekness and peace. Meekness often deals with relationships. First of all, our relationship with Christ. How many times do we sort of get a little upset when there's trial and tribulation and we say, God, why is this me? And we get a little anxious. And it deals with our relationships with one another and with our mates and with our children and with the the people in the church. How we respond. Colossians 3.12 says, Put therefore on the elective God, holy, beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. We see these fruits of the Spirit running together. It says in the 13th verse, Forbear one another and forgive one another. And if any man have a quarrel against you, even as Christ forgave, forgive. And above all these things, put on love, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called into one body and be a thankful. Do you notice in this passage of scripture, it talks about meekness, long suffering, peace, Humbleness of mind that are all together in this passage of Scripture. And we're told to put it on. 
decorate our life with it. Have the ornaments of this fruit of God in our life that it might beautify our external person. Verse 16 says, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart unto the Lord. How important is that church that the brethren dwell together in the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit? It's easily to be drugged down. You know, it's easily to be vexed. It's easy to to be, you know, irritated. And meekness is the opposite of that. Meekness is having peace in the midst of irritation. Can you even imagine that? Because our society today is easily irritated and easily annoyed. And God is looking for a people that can combat that and have not only the external beauty of his presence, but the inward beauty of who he is in us. The fruit of the Spirit resides in us, church. We don't need to pray for it. We don't need to ask for it. It's there. What we need to do is embrace it and act upon it and walk in it. Moses was this great example when you think of the power of Moses you know, when God came to Moses and he said to Moses, you know, I want you to go do this. Moses said, I, I can't do that. He said, well, finally, God said, well, I'll send Aaron with you. But, you know, all that Aaron did was always get him in trouble. And Moses was full of the meekness and the power of God. It's important, church, that we see that today. Isaiah thirty fifteen says, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel in returning. And rest shall be, you be saved in quietness, and confidence shall be your strength. Then the passage of Scripture says Israel would not. Look at the trouble that Israel had because they would not enter into this meekness, this fruit of the Spirit, this obedience that God asked them to do. It says, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning. Well, they had been in wars. They had been in struggles, they had been in the wilderness, they have been in disappointments, they have been in sickness, they have been in all sorts of things. And the Lord said, well, if you'll just return unto me, if you'll just convert, if you'll just be transformed, if you'll just be obedient, if you just return to me and rest in me. Rest means to trust and believe. If you will just do that, you'll find quietness, you'll find confidence, and you'll find strength. The sad thing is that Scripture says Israel would not. Could it be that that rebellion is in Christianity today? That God is calling for holiness and righteousness and the fruit of His Spirit and the gifts of His Spirit and the anointing of His presence in our life and we go our own way and we're not uh, embracing any conversion to our spiritual condition. There are many promises to the meek, to the ones who will embrace meek. Matthew 5, 5, Jesus said this. He said, blessed are the meek. For what? They shall inherit the earth. Doesn't say you'll inherit the earth if you have faith. 
doesn't say you'll inherit the earth if you have any of the others, but it says if you have meekness, you will inherit the earth. It's powerful, church. Who knew the heart of God? David knew the heart of God. And he wrote in Psalms 22, he says, The meek shall eat and be satisfied. You know? I mean, know that the world is searching for satisfaction. They search for it in all the things of the world. And the church has walked so close to the world that perhaps their search has not been as spiritual as it should be. Psalm 25, David knew the heart of God. It says, the meek shall guide in judgment and the meek shall teach his way. Psalms 37, again, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. If we can conquer the annoyances and the irritations and the disobedience, if we can conquer that, God will give us confidence, quietness, and strength. Psalms 76 says, That God arose to judgment. This is powerful, church. He he rose up in judgment to save the meek of the earth. Imagine that. God rose up in judgment against the wicked to save the meek of the earth. And then the scripture says, Selah. Just stop there and think on that. That God arises to the judgment of the wicked. To perform his peace to those that will walk in his meekness. is no small thing, church. Isaiah 149.4, it says, For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. And those who wear the ornament of meekness, this passage of scripture says, He will beautify the meek with salvation. Now here's the point. Our salvation should bring beauty to our countenance. Our salvation should bring beauty to our spirit. It should bring beauty to our attitudes and responses. The meek, he will beautify with salvation. And it's an ornament, church. I can't impress that upon you enough. You know the world sees you. Even if you're hidden in the closet, God sees you, you know. God is paying attention to his people in this hour, and he wants to decorate our life with his fruit and the presence of who he is. Oh, church, hear the words of Jesus from James. And James writes of this. James is a half-brother of Jesus, and he's close to Jesus, and he writes unto the anointing, and he speaks of Jesus, and he says, Jesus of his own will, James 1st chapter, 18th verse, he says, of his own will he beget us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. We are the first fruits of Jesus' creatures. Jesus has decorated us with his salvation. 
He has placed his ornament of meekness upon us. Verse 19 says, Beloved, let everyone be swift to hear, to speak, slow to wrath. And verse 21 says, Lay apart all filthiness. I mean, he's talking to the church. Lay, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity. You know what superfluity is? It's excesses. 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 What is in our life that is in excess? Lay aside the excesses of our life. And also, it says naughtiness, which is, you know, we think, oh, he's a naughty little boy or little girl. But naughtiness is means wicked, evil, improper behavior, disobedience. That's what naughtiness is. And God says, get out of that improper behavior. Get away from disobedience. Decorate your life with the ornament of meekness. And the scripture goes on to say, you know, receive meekness. And then it tells us how. It, says, it tells us how. It says, by the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your souls. And be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if you just hear and don't do, you deceive yourself. We have a multitude, a mega multitude of people who hear the word every Sunday. And in some of the huge churches, every day of the week, something's going on. They hear the word of the Lord, but there is little doing. And God is looking for an ornament of meekness where we will receive the power of the engrafted word of God. We'll lay aside those things that so easily beset us. And church, unless we reflect in this Holy Lenten season that there are things that need to be reflected in our life and need to be changed and need to be converted, we will just come out of this season the same as we went in. But this season is about change, spiritual change, spiritual reflection in our life. That after these 40 days, because 40 days will form a habit. How many know what I'm talking about? If you can do something or not do something, for 40 days you will perform a habit in your life. Of course, the enemy will harass you after that time. The enemy harassed Jesus all through his fasting. But every time he overcome how? By the word of God. So... We can become meek through the engrafted word of God. That means we can overcome irritation. These are the little foxes that spoil the vine. That, that uh, ruin our testimony. These little foxes, these little annoyances, irritations, vexings. And the devil sends them daily to harass us and to keep us from wearing the ornament of meekness. Well, as I come to a close today, I found this most interesting passage of Scripture in Job 34, 29. And uh, it's very interesting. It, he's having his conversation, you know, with his friends that, 
think he's out of order and he's also having a conversation with God. And this passage of scripture says, verse 29, when he giveth quietness, who can make trouble? I mean, hear that. When he giveth his quietness, who can make trouble? You can only be in an argument if both are arguing. I mean, you know what I'm saying, church. I love that. Job asked that question. He said, when he giveth quietness, who can make trouble? When the fruit of Christ is in us and meekness is the ornament of our life and we are in quietness and confidence and strength, who can give us trouble? But, you know, there's something in our flesh that kind of likes to rise up to trouble. I mean, know what I'm saying. Something in our flesh wants to defend. Something in our flesh wants to bite back. Do I get an amen? But God is looking for the ornament of meekness. Quietness. Oh, boy. We need to learn that. Because in that meekness and quietness, in our responses properly, is confidence and strength. And we please God. And He glories in the price that we give in meekness. It is awesome, church. Well... From the wisdom of Solomon, Ecclesiastic 4, 6, it says, Better is a handful with quietness than both hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. You know, if I were you, I'd just kind of mark that in my Bible. Better is a handful of quietness than both hands full of travail and vexation. And how many know that when you respond to irritation, when you respond to vexation, when you respond to that, you usually get two hands of trouble. We, his people, must decorate our life with the ornament of meekness. May we embrace the fruit of meekness in our life as we go into this holy season and we discipline ourselves and we take on spiritual growth let us bow our heads father we thank you for your word that encourages us corrects us convicts us blesses us we thank you for the engrafted word and we thank you lord that you have already put this fruit in us help us to activate it oh god to its fullest potential i pray In Jesus' name we ask you.